Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Thank you so much, Valerie, for agreeing to come on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited um, to be here and tell you our story and, you know, everything about Christian. Yeah. Why don't you start out by just talking about Christian and who he was like as a kid? So I had Christian when I was 19. So I was very, very young. So in many ways, um, you know, we kind of grew up together in some Mm -hmm. way. You know, and I look back and I wonder, gosh, I could have done things so much differently. But he was, you know, my baby. He was the first grandbaby. He was the first nephew. I mean, he was everybody's baby. Yeah. As a kid, Christian was, we used to kind of not really make fun of him, but he was like a little ball of anxiety. Like he just always thought like the worst of everything. Like it was going to be the worst situation. He was kind of a chubby kid. So through elementary school and part of middle school, he kind of struggled, you know, finding who he was, like finding his friend group. Mm-hmm. As he got older, he kind of would tell me that he was bullied a little as a child. I, I didn't really ever hear much about that, but I'm sure it happened. I mean, you know, kids, he was a little chubby, but when he got to um, middle school, I actually remarried and we moved and he started a new school. He found his group and he just blossomed from middle school to high school. He, he had his friend group and, and I don't want to paint a picture that Christian was a perfect kid because my God, he and I really went at it. I mean, we, you know, he was a teenager, 100%. He was Christian wanted to do exactly what Christian wanted to do. And, you know, Christian would always say, well, I can't wait till I'm turning 18. I'm going to move into my own house and, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, you know, I really hope your life turns out the way that you want it because you've got a plan. Let me tell you. Isn't it funny how they think they know absolutely everything then and you're an idiot. And then I think when they hit about their mid-20s or so, they realize, I guess, that maybe you were smarter than what they think. I think my 22-year-old foster son is still not quite there yet. I'm like, still right. don't know anything, but pretty soon I'm hoping. Right. I'm hoping. And, you know, looking back at me, it took me a while, you know, to really yeah. appreciate my mom, you know. Um, so it's, I get it. But Christian and I, when I got remarried, you know, it was it was tough on him because it was always just me, him, and my younger son. I mean, we didn't have anybody else. So he was kind of... I don't, I don't really know the words to describe it, but I mean, he wasn't like mean or anything. I just know that it kind of, cause it wasn't just me, the three of us anymore. Like there was someone else we were bringing in um, to live with us. And I mean, it had always just been because I was a single mom. So it had always just been the three of us. Right. So Kristen and I kind of did go back a little before I was actually married. You know, we, we had our issues, you know, and not to get too much into that, but we went to therapy and, you know, one of the things that they told us was that she told me, she said, you know, Christian knows that you're always going to be there, you know, so you're kind of his person to kind of lash out, you know, not really, Mm -hmm. not in like a physical way, but just like emotionally, like, cause he's like, they're like, you know, that he 
he knows that you will never give up on him, you know, that you will always be his person. So we did argue a lot and I would always, I would call him a jerk, you know, and he would say, Oh, way to go, mom, call your kid a jerk. Um, so looking back at that, I really regret that. But You know what though? I talk to families about that a lot because I have a lot of moms, especially that come in and they're very bothered by their relation, either their relationship with their teen or all of their kids relationships with each other. And right. I tell him that exact same thing. I said, you know why he can treat you so badly and why he can treat his brother so badly is because he knows they're always going to be there. Right. If he treated his friends like that, they would just dump him and they'd be done. So right. it's like it's only because he feels so confident in your love and in your support for him unconditionally that he feels able to latch out. So I always <laughs> tell him that, I mean... It's horrible to have to live that way, but in, in in some ways, it's a little bit of a compliment, right? Because they feel secure in their relationship, right? right. Either with their siblings or with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was the same thing with my younger son and him. Jaden is his name, and and you know, Christian would just kind of, especially if he had friends around, he would kind of pick on Jaden a little. Yeah. And his friends would always say, "Why are you so mean to your little brother?" <laughs> you know, and and so Jaden. You know, and I have that conversation with Jaden a lot now. I say, you know, Christian really loved you. I mean, Christian could pick on you, but nobody else was going to pick on you around Christian. I can promise exactly you that. Right. Exactly Even right. Even me, if I busted Jaden, Christian would have been like, mom, you know. Yeah. But no. So I know that he loved us very, very much. And I know that he, um, it was, he was just very confident and that I was never going to give up on him, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of any choices that he made. Like I would always be there him but he blossomed he had so many friends and so many people loved him and he was just such a great great kid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful yeah so do you want to go into now what happened yeah um so on March the 29th it was actually the Thursday it was 2018 so it was the Thursday before good Friday, Jaden was going to go to his dad's house for the weekend. And it's about an hour away. I had actually asked Christian to take him because I was at work and Christian was not going to stay because Christian, you know, he had big plans with his friends. It was a long weekend. They're out of school. Mm -hmm. So Christian actually took a friend with him so that he couldn't be talked into staying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I really didn't think much about it. I mean, it was an interstate. But, you know, not really in the city. It's kind of in between Memphis and Jackson, Tennessee. So it's kind of just straight highway, you know, not really big cities. It's just an interstate, you know. And how old was Christian at the time? Christian was 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. Jaden was in the car with him. Jaden was 13. Well, is, well, at the time was 13. And then his best friend, Jonathan, was with him. And Jonathan was in the front passenger seat. And Jaden was behind Christian you know, in the backseat. So it was afternoon, probably about five o'clock. They went out. Funny story right before that, though, Christian had called me about an hour before. It was like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, we're going to go out to eat, you know, we're and you're going to pay for it. Because, of course, he had my debit card. Yeah. They went to a Chinese buffet. And it was like, Christian, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. Like, <laughs> how on earth are y'all going to a Chinese buffet? But whatever, fine, I don't care. And he says, well, Jonathan, can you pay for Jonathan's too? And it's I said, sure, you know, yeah. right. So they all went out to eat and then they went to, on this journey. 
I was actually, and I, I feel, we feel guilty about the craziest, silliest things that I mm-hmm. realized. So I was actually in the tub <laughs> getting ready because me and my husband, it was, it was, it was kind of drizzling a little, but it was supposed to be a pretty afternoon. So I was looking forward to going out and having some drinks on a patio. You know, I was like, I don't have any yeah. kids for the weekend. I'm going to go have a drink on the patio. Right. Because you just got out of work or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had just got on. And I actually was in the tub, you know, getting ready to go out. And this number kept calling me. But unfortunately, this day and time, when a number that doesn't call you, it's usually about a car warranty or something ridiculous, you know, that you don't know. So I right. kept it. And they kept calling. So eventually I answered. I think they had called six or seven times. And then I answered it. And it was a lady, her name was Amber on the other line. And she said, Valerie, she said, there's been an accident and your son is dead. Oh my word. And I said, I immediately said, and again, guilt. I said, please tell me that Jaden is alive. Mm -hmm. Only because I knew if Christian had killed Jaden, yes, (laughs) I would have lost Christian both. Yeah. yeah. Christian would not have been able to live with that if he would have killed Jonathan or Jaden because they were both in the car. And she didn't know their names, you know, and she says, well, I have one of them here with me. And she put Jaden on the phone. They had not told Jaden that Christian had passed away, but they would not let Jaden go to where Christian was. So what happened was Christian, it is believed that Christian fell asleep while he was driving. Mm-hmm. And doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, um, but insurance and stuff went through and he wasn't on his cell phone. Thank goodness for that. But Jonathan said that he had kind of dozed off a couple of times, but he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He had fallen asleep, overcorrected and the vehicle flipped and Christian was not wearing a seatbelt. So Christian was ejected from the vehicle and died immediately at the side of the scene. Jonathan and Jaden both had on their seatbelts. So they both survived. Apparently, there was a big group of people who ran to the car, busted the window out, got Jonathan and Jaden out of the car, but they would not let them go to where Christian was because they knew that he was gone. A couple of things. People always are like, I can't believe she told you over the phone. Mm -hmm. But me being a single mom... I have never wanted anybody's help. You know, I've always just liked to do things on my own and not ask for help. Had I not known that Christian was had died at the scene, I would have went by myself to the hospital. I just would have, you know, I just wouldn't have asked anybody to come and I just would have went alone. And because I was just, I'm one of those people who I just like to fix things myself, you know, so, mm-hmm. which is a fault, which is a fault of mine. <laughs> Definitely something that has been challenged, I'm sure, since. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just remember I, I kind of was numb. You know, I didn't really, I didn't cry or anything at that time, just because I think I was just kind of in shock. Like I was just in complete shock. I was home alone. So my husband was still at work. I kept trying to call. He works in the restaurant industry. So it's crazy. Thursday night before holidays. So I'm sure it was crazy. And they would never put him on the phone. Well, his parents live about a half a mile from us. So I, I walked into their house and said, there was a car accident. Christian's dead. We need to leave. Like exactly like that. Yep. 
and and they jumped up and were like, oh gosh, what you know, what what you know, they were just kind of. Isn't it funny? I did I did the exact same thing. I called people, of course, because I was on the freeway, right. and I I my exact words were for every single person. There's been an accident. Andy's dead. Right. And I just said it just like that. And right. every single person said, what? And then I had to repeat it. But I was like, I didn't want there to be any ambiguity to the fact that Andy is dead. And that is like the number one most important thing of anything. And I didn't want anyone to say, are you okay? Is everybody okay? Whatever, whatever. I didn't even want that right. question asked of me. So that's why, I mean, it might seem weird to other people too that I would just be like, there's been an accident and he's dead. So matter of factly, but it was just like, I had to say it like that because I didn't want to answer questions really. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it makes total sense to me that you would just like go out there in that way. And right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then his mom, my mother-in-law took me to where my husband, John was working and I walked into there and basically the exact same way. And he was in shock and he just kind of looked around and was like, I have to leave, you know, and everybody's like, what's going on? And he's like, I really don't know, <laughs> you know, right. I was just like, we got to go. We got to go. We're an hour away from my kids. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's awful. And then I called my brother who um, I'm very close with my siblings, but my brother is much like Christian. He's kind of a ball of anxiety. So why on earth? I thought my brother, <laughs> so I called him and I said, Hey, Christian's dead. He, there was an accident, you know, they're in Jackson at this hospital and I need you to call mom and my sister Leslie. Cause I cannot tell right. them there's right. no way I can tell them. Oh yeah. Uh, I totally get it. Yep. Yeah. So I think going of course, I wasn't present for that. But my sister-in-law was driving with my brother and she said she had to pull over. He had to throw up a couple of times <laughs> and then he was able to call my sister and my mom because he, you know, it's just something that you don't think that's ever going to happen. No. So anyway, we get to the hospital. My family, you know, is on the way too. So we weren't there very long before and they put us in this room. I don't, I'm guessing looking back, there was some confusion that I had another kid that was alive at the hospital mm-hmm. because they told me I had to wait in this room. And it was like, I need to see my kid. I wasn't talking about Christian. I was talking about Jaden, mm-hmm. the one that was alive, you know? Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 no. You got to stay here until a doctor comes in. I was like, I know my kid's dead. You know? And, and, and again, I hate to be so, it seems like I'm so un- insensitive, but I want, yeah. it was just like, I need to get to my other kid. And it was yeah. probably 15 minutes before someone would listen to me. They put me in this room. My family has showed up by this point. My mom, I mean, was a wreck. I wasn't a wreck at this point because I was still just in complete shock. But my, yeah. seeing my mom, whew, she was just a mess. She came in and they're like, who told you? So, we're all in the room and the doctors and the nurses came in and they said, who told you your kid was dead? Like nobody should have told you that. And so then my mom kind of perked up and was like, Oh, is he not dead? And I said, no mom, he's dead. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I, I kind of regret that too, because I probably wasn't very, you know, sincere to her, you know, but I was just like, I didn't want anybody in that room to have any, because there was no reason for anybody to have lied to me about that. No, no, no. 
So I knew it. I knew it in my heart. It was, it was real. Then finally a nurse said, Oh, the other kid is yours too. Oh, well come. And they let me in the room with Jaden. And this was yeah. probably 20 minutes at this point. Yeah. Me and my husband, we went in the room where Jaden was and Jaden was 13 at the time. So sweet, sweet Jaden. He's all banged up. He's just a mess. He had a broken collarbone. He's all bruised and banged up. And he asked us about everybody from the dog to the, um, he's like, what's Rose? Rose is our chihuahua. What's Rosa doing? He asked about everybody, but Christian. Yeah. So no one had told him, but he knew. And I said, you know, Jaden, I have to tell you something. Um, and he said, I think I already know. And I said, well, but I have to say it because you're going to have to hear it. And I said, you know, Christian died in the car accident. And he said, yeah, they wouldn't let me go to him. So I figured he was dead. Yeah. That, that so reminds me of Peter because no one told Peter. Right. Ever. They made sure to separate us before they told my husband and me. But they right. put separate Peter in a separate ambulance. And then I did have to tell him. But honestly, he knew. I mean, because he right. was watching them do CPR. He knew. Right. He knew. He saw him yes. dead. But, you know, but still to be the one to say it is really hard. It it's is. Really hard. Yeah. Hardest thing I've ever done, I think, is to oh. actually say those words out loud to my son. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Yeah. And then I had to go to see Jonathan, which Jonathan's Christian's best friend. And Jonathan was a couple doors down from Jaden. So I asked if I could go see him. And then I had to tell Jonathan as well that, you know, Christian was dead. And Jonathan, you know, still Jonathan and Christian had such a bond, you know, and Jonathan's kind of one of my bonus kids now. I have lots of them, but Jonathan's kind of the, I have a huge connection. You know, I just feel so much for Jonathan because I saw him break you know, in that moment, he was just heartbroken and, you know, he was just devastated. And I think Jaden, you know, of course, Jaden was devastated too, but Jaden was kind of in shock and a little younger and probably didn't really understand everything that was going on around him because Jaden's mm-hmm. body was kind of in shock. Um, he was, and he, he continued, he was in the hospital for several days after that, but Jonathan only had like a eye injury. So he got to go home that day, that night from there. And he was just, broken. And that's, you know, looking back at Jonathan, it was, it was tough. I mean, that was so hard on me to have to tell him, you know, that his best friend, I mean, they had like found their people. I mean, they, it it was just devastating. And then, so it has started to drizzle a little and they wanted to fly Jaden to Lobotter hospital here in Memphis, but they had to take him an ambulance. So of course I had to leave the hospital without Christian, which was the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that I know everyone's different. My mom said, I want to see Christian. Mm -hmm. And I begged her, I said, mom, please no, like I I can't, but I don't want you to go in there by yourself, but I can't see him. Mm -hmm. So she agreed with me. And so we did not see him Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, in some ways it's like, you know, you just, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, for Andy, Andy didn't, Andy's body wasn't even taken to the same hospital that we went to. Andy's body was taken to a different hospital where they had the morgue and the coroner. So, so I wasn't allowed to see him either. I didn't see him right. until a couple of days later at the funeral home. Right. 
And you don't know what's best, right? And like for a split second, I wish that they'd have let me out of that stupid ambulance and I could have held them one more time, right? Right. Right. But I know it would have been really bad to see, but but yet it's so hard to know. It's so hard to know. Right. To know if you made that, you know, right decision and you just think, I could have at least said bye, you know, but I chose not to. But I I was just terrified of what I would see. Yeah. Yep. And as first of all, like I told you, my mom was a wreck. So not wanting her to have that too, you know, to that memory. Like I didn't yeah. want her to have that memory. So it was just awful. So we had to leave. And my husband went in the ambulance with Jaden because my husband and Jaden are very, very close. My husband went in the ambulance with Jaden and I rode with my mother-in-law back to Memphis to get my car because she drove me there. And then I drove to the hospital alone from there to go get to Jaden. You know, I don't think I slept. Jaden was in the hospital from that Thursday night. He got to come home Sunday. There was really, he had a broken collarbone, but other than that, there was really nothing wrong with him. They just like, I think his body was just in shock. Like he couldn't eat. He was in a lot of pain and they really just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. Um, he had bruises across his stomach from the, the seatbelt. So, you know, they just wanted to just make sure he didn't have any internal things going on, mm-hmm. but he got to come home Sunday night. Those hospital days were just awful, you know, because you have Unfortunately, you have so much you have to do because you have a funeral to plan and you have, so, you know, you're having to leave your kid at the hospital to go plan a funeral for your other kid. And it's just so much, you know, is going on around you. And, and, you know, unfortunately the world doesn't stop Yeah, just because your world did, you know, nobody else's does. Everything's continuing around you. So you have to go. So the grocery store, I mean, you know, you need milk and there's all sorts of stuff that you have to do. So I have a great family and, you know, my sister, my sister lives in Alabama. So she had to come into town and she came the next morning and that was just awful. But, you know, she came to help me plan a funeral for my baby. And so we, we did all we did all the things, you know, we, um, we went through all the motions. We went to several funeral homes until we felt something was right. Um, I actually had him buried right down the street from my mom. My mom lives about 45 minutes from me, but I knew she would go visit. I think that first year she, pro- or I know the first couple of months, I think she went and visited him every day mm-hmm. and she will actually be buried next to Christian. So and I, I wanted to kind of put him somewhere close so that his friends could visit, but they're about 45 minutes away, but, and I'll get into that, but they have visited a lot still. Those kids are just amazing. And so a little about one other story about Christian that's kind of goes along with his funeral. Christian was, Christian's biracial. He was biracial. Um, his father is African-American. I am Caucasian and um he told everybody he was Hawaiian I don't know why (laughs) Um, but you know the thought of me having some you know great playing with some Hawaiian guy I don't know you know whatever Um, (laughs) and it's it's kind of funny because 
the Christmas before Christian passed away, me and my husband were in Nashville um, and we were shopping. And I said, he loved pineapples, like pineapple shirts and just weird. He was just, that's just who he was. And he, um, I was looking for a pineapple shirt at this mall in Nashville. And this guy said, yeah, like we're not, I haven't, we don't have any pineapple shirts. Like that's, that's odd. And I was like, okay. I was like, I know it's a weird request, but that's what I really wanted to get him for Christmas. But you know, whatever, I'll order something online. So I actually had to order something online because you could not find a pineapple shirt anywhere. So Christian's funeral, I was thinking I didn't want an open casket, but they were going to let me decide. So we got to go in and see him before, you know, before anybody got there. And my mom and my sister were standing beside me and they all said, you know, it's, it's better than what we had imagined, yeah. you know, in our heads. Cause we always just, yeah, you imagine the worst. Mm-hmm. Right. So they talked to me, they're like, you know, I think that the kids will need that, you know, just, yeah. so that's what we did. We had an open casket. Mm-hmm. There were hundreds and hundreds of people at Christian's funeral. At one point before the funeral, you know, the, everybody's coming through with the visitation and this girl comes up to me and she says, you know, Miss Miss Valerie, is it okay if we bring in some pineapples? And I said, yeah, sure. I'm thinking it's just a couple pineapples. Uh-huh. <laughs> this whole group of kids get out and go outside. They had went all around Memphis and bought up all these pineapples. We probably had, oh, you know, in my mind, probably 50, 60, 70 pineapples. <laughs> so <laughs> we were putting them all around the funeral home. Like they were in Christian's casket. They were in top. Like we just decorated the whole funeral home. So nobody that was Christian's friend understood, you know, but I was just like, I don't care. You know, this, this funeral is really for his friends, you know, because they, you know, it was about them. They were who spoke, you know, it was a hundred percent about them because they were who he was a hundred percent. That's who he was. So we had pineapples everywhere. Uh, It was just the crazy. It was just the funniest thing. And now there are Ever since I swear to you, ever since Christian died, you could find a pineapple shirt anywhere. I mean, like that <laughs> summer, everything was pineapple. So I was just like, you know what? Like, if that was what Christian wanted his symbol to be, a pineapple is very popular right now. They have men's shirts everywhere with pineapples on them now. And I promise you, I could not find a pineapple shirt four months prior to his accident. And immediately after you could find a pineapple shirt in any store that you wanted it. So it was just really funny. My son, Peter, loves pineapples all right. to the point where everyone at school. So he went to all my kids went to a Spanish immersion elementary school. So they only spoke Spanish. Right. And um, his nickname, they didn't call him Peter. They called him Pina. And piña is the Spanish word for pineapple. So for an entire year, he was piña. And then the next year, he was Pedro piña. And we still will sometimes, his sister will call him Pedro piña. And she, like, made him for Christmas one year a stuffed pineapple. She, like, sewed it and put it together. And it was... I can't remember what she called it. Something. Oh, pineapple Bob. So she oh. has this. He has a pineapple Bob, little stuffed animal. So pineapple is big in our family too. Actually, it's kind of funny. Right. 
So now everybody gives me pineapples. I mean, like yeah. I have pineapple jewelry, I have pineapple stuff. That, I mean, I have so much stuff. The Christian's funeral, all his friends, you know, of course, they're all, we're all devastated. I remember my grandmother, who I guess it's a generational thing. You know, there's a certain way you're supposed to act at a funeral or a visitation. And she kept telling me I wasn't standing where I needed to stand, you know, because you're supposed to stand by the casket. But when I would see one of Christian's friends, you know, to the side of me on the ground, breaking down, I would have to go to them. So I was just kind of all over the place. And my brother, again, who is a very anxious person, he told my grandmother to, he's like, he said, leave her alone. <laughs> like nothing that she is doing is a right way to do any of this. She's fine. So it's just kind of funny. I mean, just that, you know, there's supposed to be a, there's not a right way to bury your kid. You know, there's not a right way to act at a funeral for your 16 year old baby. It's mm. just, there's no such thing as a right way to do anything. And I think it's important. I think it's very important what you're doing with this podcast, just because so many people just, you feel like you're not doing things the right way. Yeah. Everybody's right way is so different mm -hmm. because after Christian's funeral, I had uh, my friend Sharon, she came to the house and she cleaned up, she packed up Christian's room because that's what I needed. And I know that's not what everybody needs, you know, and I, now I look back and it's like, I packed up his room like the next day, just because I needed that. Like I didn't need, I didn't give away any of his stuff. I still have all his shirts. It's actually funny. And um, I know my mom's going to listen to this, but I actually ordered my mom a, one of those quilts, like a t-shirt that's made out of t-shirts. I ordered my mom one of those quilts and I still have not been able to send in his t-shirts. Same, same. I have a friend that has volunteered to make a quilt of Andy's clothes and Andy's clothes sits in a pile in my bedroom today. Right. And it's, you know, and we're, I mean, we're only a few months apart. I mean, just Andy died just a few months after Christian. But yeah, so you are not the only one. Because right. I can't handle the idea of having them cut up yet. And I don't right. know. It's so weird. And I've seen beautiful quilts. I went to see my, my friend Chrissy, who's been on the show down in Tennessee, actually. I visited her. And she showed me these beautiful quilts. And I thought to myself, oh, you should do it. You should do it. Give her the stuff. And I just can't do it yet. I'm exact. I mean, I've paid for them. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just, I just cannot... So she may never get that quilt that I had ordered her for Mother's Day that first year. Um, she may never get it. I don't know. I've never even told her that story. So it's so funny. But So now yeah, she's going to find out this way. Right. <laughs> yeah, mom, you got a quilt. At some point, you know, in your life, you might get it. I don't know. I'm getting closer, though. I do have to say I'm getting closer. Right. To being able to do it. Uh huh. I want to touch on life after Christian. Yeah. Just, I think it's so important. And a lot of it's funny. I mean, a lot of it, you have to kind of laugh at some of it because it is just, you know, the things people say to you and the things that you do, I, you know, you just feel like you got to do something. Like there's something that you should be doing to yes. Yes. make the pain go away. Right. And I think that your story, um, I went to a group, a grief group, like right away. <laughs> right yeah. away. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I went and people think you're crazy that you're there that early in some ways too, don't they? Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I've never gone back to 
this one. And I am in no way when I say this, am I, because again, everybody grieves differently and I understand this. This just was not for me. This, the one I went to, it was at this church here in um, Memphis and it was the only one I could find. And I, I would be interested in possibly finding something, you know, figuring out mm-hmm. something else or creating something at some point might be good. But when I got in there, it was all older women who had lost their children like 40 and 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And many of them, and again, I am no counselor. I am. And this is why I think that grief work is so important and that people talk about it because I know mm-hmm. like different generations, there's such a stigma on like mental health and, you know, and Again, I'm not a physician, but these are just just my views on things. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Mm -hmm. These ladies, a lot of them have not gone back to work, had not done anything. Yeah. And to me, it was they're stuck. They're stuck. And and a lot of their children had were adult children who passed away, you know, 30, 40 years prior. One lady, her son had passed away in the 70s. And it was devastating for me because I was just like, I don't want to be, that's not who I want to be. You know, I don't want to be, I want to enjoy my life and, and boy, I mean, there are some guilty, you know, you're some guilt along with that, but. That's very similar to what uh, Tom, Kevin's dad had said that he had been going to one for a while and he was realizing the same people were there all the time telling the same stories in the same it's just like he just realized they're stuck and I don't want to be stuck. And so right. I need to kind of go. And this is why I really like the support group that I went to with Starlight because they have, so they're six weeks and it's basically a two year program. So they repeat the curriculum every two years. So right. it's not like you can't go longer than that, but their goal is no one's going longer than two years. Right. Because you have worked through these things right. and and seen some improvement in your life. Not that you're showing up week after week after week after week and just be in the same spot. Exactly. I mean, that would just be sad. It was. It was. In my mind, I was just like, it. you know, it may have helped me in a way, because that's not where I, I did everything to make sure I didn't end up there. Yeah. But it's terrifying though, right? It's terrifying. No judgment for the people who do end up there. I happen to just have a really great support system. You know, my husband's family is amazing. My family is super, you know, we're amazing. I have a great support system, but I took (laughs) Jaden with me to that meeting as well, which was awful. And some of them because they had children's groups or no or he just went with you they said that there would be there it was open for anyone so in my mind it was you know people my age Jaden I mean it was just you know that's what in my mind it was gonna be and it was not it was just all you know ladies probably in their 70s Uh and they actually told us stories and I have I'm very sorry but that (laughs) some of their kids would come to visit them and like comb their hair and things and I know and again there's no judgment in that because it's very real to them and that's fine I remember I got in the car and I looked at Jaden I said Jaden I am very sorry for this and I said out loud Christian do not ever touch me (laughs) I am not ready for that and I will probably never be ready for that 
do not touch me. Do not put your hands on me. But after that meeting, I had to go to Target that night and buy Jaden an air mattress because he slept in our room Mm -hmm. for the next four or five months after that, because it was, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was sad and it was, it was depressing. And, you know, a lot of the ladies had talked about how they had nervous breakdowns and all this. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to have a nervous breakdown. You know, I, I, I want to, I want to do what I need to do to make sure those things don't happen to me. And that's what I have really focused on. You know, I think I have some friends who are stuck in different stages. I've met some great people. I've done some probably about a couple of months after Christian passed away. I did a press conference with the Tennessee um, Highway Patrol about the importance of seatbelts and how seatbelts are for everyone. I volunteer with the group of drowsy driving moms there. Mm-hmm. Son had passed away. Someone fell asleep at the wheel and actually ran over him and killed him. So they, you know, do drowsy driving awareness. And, you know, everybody talks that I, when I get on a stage and talk and I've done some news shows and things. And when I get on a stage, people are just like, you're so early in your grief, you know, how are you doing this? And I say, well, it's really important for me to talk about him. Yeah. Because I think it's so important. And, you know, and as silly as it sounds, if Christian had to die, Cause I have such a faith in people, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that no one, the Christian was, you know, Memphis, it's Memphis. And I'm just really glad that Christian wasn't hurt or like murdered, you know, or, you know, whatever by someone, mm-hmm. cause that would have definitely taken something from my spirit, I guess is the best way to say that. And if anybody had to die in that car accident, I'm glad that it was Christian. And I hate to say that as well. You know, I think it's it. I totally understand that as well. My husband and I said really shortly after Andy died, even though obviously it wasn't Andy's fault. He wasn't driving the car. It wasn't anything to do with that. But we did say if somebody had to die of our kids, it's good that it was Andy. And the reason that we say that is because Andy had terrible anxiety and all of that and thought we just felt like a little bit like you said if Jaden had died you would have lost them both right if Peter had died I feel like we'd have lost them both if if right. my daughter Catherine had died I think there's a decent chance I could have lost them both just right. because he just was so much more anxious and had so much more struggle I you know and it's and it again it feels bad to say if I had to pick one that's the right. one but right. in some ways, it kind of had to be. It had to be Andy because the I don't know. He just wouldn't have been able to handle losing his siblings. I don't think exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. you know, and that's how that is. And you know, you have the people who say so. I'm allowed to say that, but nobody else better say that. To me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> because I, I I had an aunt that came up to me and said, I, aren't you just so glad that you have Jaden still? And I was just like, you know, I mean, which one of your kids would you would want? Would you give up? Yeah. yeah. Know. Like, don't, don't say that to me. And, and I tried very hard not to be, you know, ugly with people when they say stuff like that. And I, I have done a really good job, but it's just, you just cringe, you know, and, you know, my dad even asked me if Christian was baptized and he wasn't, 
But I said, yes, just because I was terrified of what he would say if I said no. And then, and then when I said, yes, he said the most horrible, he's like, oh, well, thank goodness. Because, you know, now I know he's in heaven. And I was just like, he was a 16 year old kid. You know, he was exactly who God, you know, it's funny because he had Muslim friends. He had Catholic friends. And, and one week, you know, he'd be um, not eating for Ramadan. And I'm like, when are you, just, when are, did you become Muslim, you know, and then be attending like mass or, you know, and just, he was exactly what God designed him to be. And I think it's important, you know, that people don't say that, you know, I know there's no way to change people. So I guess us having these conversations, it just kind of helps, you know, to, yeah, I think take it, it with a grain of salt, just because people just don't have the, I don't want to say they don't have the sense, but they just don't have, they just don't know what not to say. And they just feel like they can say whatever is the first thought that pops into their head. Yeah. But one really great thing is, you know, Christian's friends spoke at his funeral and Alex, who is actually Jonathan's brother and Jonathan was in the car, Alex he said, you know, how amazing is it that Christian had his last meal with his two favorite people, you know, Jonathan and Jaden. And like I said, and that's why I told that because it was three o'clock in the afternoon. There's no way they were hungry enough for a buffet, (laughs) you know, but I was like, whatever, I'm not going to argue about it, whatever. So I look at that and it's, you know, it's kind of sweet that that was their last meal together you know that they all sat down and enjoyed a meal like one last thing Mm -hmm. that you know brings some sort of peace I guess but you know it's just it's been really hard on Jaden because you know Christian was his big brother so he looked up to him and and it's been hard for me not to you know I'll buy something and say well here you know Christian would have loved this and he's like but I'm not Christian, you know, so it's been hard for me to not make him want to like the things that Christian likes. Things like that are things that I'm having to work through. I, like I said, I have a friend who is stuck on an anger, like the anger, you know, I was very mad at Christian for a very long time. And and I I really still haven't been to church. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty mad at God, you know, honestly. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that, you know, he gets it and he can take it. He can take it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my husband, I've honestly been a couple times, but I just cried the entire time. So I wasn't present. <laughs> you know, I was, I'm not a bold enough person that I would have just gotten up and walked out. So I just sat there in my seat and bawled the entire time. Oh, I cry all the time. And then I hide. So I hide in the church. So I will escape. There, there is a little door that you can go into the kitchen because we have this time where everyone like says, peace be with you over and over the sharing of the peace. And I hate the sharing of the peace, hate it because they all, it's just seems superficial and you've already like, you're shaking somebody's hand and then looking on to see who the next person's hand you're going to shake. And you're just like, peace of the Lord be with you. Like, eh, I can't handle it. So I would hide in the kitchen. (laughs) Right. Every single time. So the pandemic in that has been such a blessing to me because they don't have <laughs> they're like barely even having church. There are hardly any people there. And during the passing of the peace, you're supposed to just wave and not go up to anybody. And it's great because right. no one tries to hug me. No one tries to say anything to me. No one does any of that. 
So when the pandemic's over, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know whether I'm going to shake people's hands or let people hug me or still hide in the kitchen. But, you know, I've got a little bit of time yet. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and I know that, you know, joking about that, but the pandemic is also, you know, because the first year that Christian passed, you know, that very first year we weren't in a pandemic and his friends came over all the time. I mm-hmm. fed them all the time, you know, and, and now it's kind of, you know, like, you know, I, I don't want 20 teenagers, you know, and I would love to have 20 teenagers at my house, but we're in the middle of the pandemic. So there's only so much allowed. So that's kind of, you know, I don't see the kids as much. And well, so and that's, that's kind of, and then they'll call, you know, and want to get together or like on Christian's birthday, you know, the first year we had a big birthday party. And then the first anniversary of his death, we had a, uh, at the cemetery, we kind of had some it's a small church. They have a kitchen and, you know, it's a country church type thing. And mm-hmm. so we had pizza and cake and, you know, like a celebration of life. And we didn't do that this year. And I felt, you know, really guilty about it, but hopefully we'll get back to it. And then we're actually in the process of buying a home. We're moving in a couple of weeks. So that's really painful as well. That is painful, you know? yeah. And it's things like it's Christian was not my husband's son. So my husband had a hard time because he wasn't feeling the same thing I was feeling. And he never really talked to me about that. I think he talked to his aunt or his mom or someone, and they kind of shared that with me. And, and, you know, John shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. And it's completely, none of us are going to feel the same anyway. But when I say things, you know, like, well, what if Christian can't find this? Like, what if he's looking for me and he can't find me? And it seems so unlogical and crazy to people who don't understand it, but I know you understand, you know, you're like, yes. Oh, I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's not crazy at all. It completely makes sense to me. So I think that's really why it's, I enjoy your podcast so much. And just because it, I have felt so normal, <laughs> you know, just listening to everybody else because, and in a way it's misery loves company. And I hate to say that, you know, but mm-hmm it's, it has been, it's just, it makes you feel like I'm not alone in this and the things that I'm doing are actually normal, you know, that it's normal to feel this way because it's, it's tough. You know, it's, it's awful. Like everything about our lives, you know, from Christmas to all of Christian's friends graduated high school last year. And that was devastating for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll never have as silly as it sounds, you know, Christian was a 16 year old kid. And I was just like, you know, we'd preach like safe mm-hmm. sex, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, gosh, why couldn't I just let him have a kid? <laughs> I mean, and I know that's, I'm joking. And I know that's silly, but it's, you just wish that there was something of him left. I know. And it's, of course, his memories are there and his love and it'll always be there. But it's like, I wish that I had another little mini Christian. I know. You know? I felt that way too. Like going to that grief support group at the beginning, there were only four of us who had younger kids, mm-hmm. you know, one died at 14, 12, seven and a baby. And everybody else lost their children as adults and right. they all had kids. Uh. And I just, I was found myself so jealous of that. So jealous of saying I can look you know, I can, you can look into your grandchild's eyes and see your son or see your daughter and how special that must be, you know? I just felt a little jealous, feeling like 
You know, they could look into those grandchildren's eyes and see their kids a little bit. And I wasn't ever going to get that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough. Like I just, you know, I know that sounds awful, but it's just like, I wish I had a grandkid, you know, know. (laughs) it's 16. I don't know. And not to say, please don't, you know, allow your kids to do that uh, just in case, because it's not what I'm saying. But you look back and you just think, why on earth did not just, you know, yeah. I want, you know, I want something left of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just tough. It is. It's tough. And there's no right way to do it. Like I said, and I, I always hate to, you know, you, I always feel like a horrible people. And there are very few people I could ever say this to, but I have one friend who's, and she's a good friend. And obviously I don't mean any harm in it, but her son has had so many accidents, you know, like really bad accidents. And it's just like, you know, my kid messed up one time, you know, and it just seems so unfair. And I, obviously I do not wish this life on anybody. Of course not. When you have people who like post on face, like social media is the worst at times. And people post on Facebook and was like, Oh, you know, you know, my kid, you know, God was with my kid today, you know, and saved them, you know, during this Mm -hmm. wreck. And I was just like, well, you know, I feel like God could have saved my kid. Yeah. It's very selfish. Yeah. It's hard, I think, going past any car accident. We just went past one again yesterday, and then it got, you know, my son talking about somebody was in a car accident, and it just brings it up every time because you just think, oh, you know. Especially because in our case, too, just like with Jonathan being pretty fine, you know, we were all pretty fine. You know, Peter and I had a concussion, and Eric had a cut on his head, and... I guess had a couple burn marks, but you know, almost nothing. And then to have Andy die. I mean, it's, it's right. just doesn't seem right somehow that I can no. just walk away and I don't, I don't have any scars on my body at all to even right. show that I was there. And yet he died, you know? Exactly. And it's just, it's not fair. It's awful. And, you know, I think, I don't know, it's just, you will never make sense of it. You know, no. I mean, why, no, why them? Like, why were they chosen? And I know maybe one day we'll get the answer to that. I don't know. And one thing I like to think about, and it, I have wondered at times if you're only allowed so much love, you know, mm-hmm. in your life and maybe Christian had just topped out, you know, and <laughs> he just was needed somewhere else because you know, like at his, I never knew how much he was. Lo- I mean, I knew how much I loved him and how much my family loved him. Mm-hmm. But at his funeral, and I have a video of it, and I've never watched it because they sent it to me. I've never watched it. One day, I hope I can. Mm-hmm. But it's just, he was so loved. I mean, so many people were there and so many people I'd never met and people that I'd never met spoke at his funeral and had such great things to say. And he had such a big impact on people that I just like to think that maybe he was just topped out on the love. And, you know, and I guess that's, that's just what I like to think. Yeah. And if it gives you some comfort, that's wonderful. Right. Because he... He made such an impact on people. And I never knew that. And I would have never known that had he, because he never told me, you know, oh, mom, making an impact on people's lives. I mean, like I said, he he would have never, he would be mortified if he knew that his friends had were at my house, you know, 
often. Like he would not have liked that because he kind of liked to keep them, you know, moms are embarrassing. So he kind of liked to keep that part separate, but he, the people that spoke at his funeral, he has such an impact. And then when the kids come to the house and tell us stories and, and I'm not going to keep long, but at one of the stories at the funeral, it was a story of they were playing football upstairs in Christian's room and they went to throw the football and Bryce fell through our wall. And oh, no. yeah. And Christian hung a poster over the hole so that we would never know. And we never knew until the funeral. Um, so we went up after the funeral. It was the first thing I did. I went home and I took that poster down and there's a big, huge hole in my wall. And it was like a, a human size hole. <laughs> and there was a human size hole in my wall. And, um, we just got that hole covered because we're getting ready to sell our house. So it's been three years and that was one of the most painful things, but And it was just a funny story, you know, that he told on Christian that day at the funeral. Everybody laughed and they were like, did you know that? And I said, absolutely not. I'm going to have to go home and see. And I took down that Spider-Man poster and there is a great big hole in the wall where Bryce had went through it. Wow. But yeah, so great stories. But again, you know, this, this has been so helpful and I love talking about him and I love hearing other people talk about their angels because it's. Well, I love hearing about Christian too. Just, I mean, just hear about what an impact he had and just about you and how things have been since. So thank you so much for sharing him today. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thanks for what you do. I mean, this is, you know, I know that it may seem just like something you're supposed to do, but you're helping so many people out there. And I think it's, it's very important for us all to realize that there's no right way to do this. Right. And that we're all more similar than what we think, like things that we think that we're crazy for, um, you know, it's like, oh, there's somebody out there that's just going through the craziness with me. So it's, it's great. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We're always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.